Uh, we, of course, are in the middle of a, a series called Walk Like Jesus. You know, we found out that through not just the pandemic and, and just through the events of the last several years, we found out how shallow it appears that the church in America is. Shallow, I mean, after the pandemic, almost half the people left church and never returned. All over, the, all over the nation, really all over the world in a sense. Why? Because maybe we were, we were giving things that were just shallow instead of those things that are deep. The deep things are the things that anchor us to God. And what can you get deeper than just Jesus? That's who this is all about. Christianity without Jesus is not anything. So we've been, we've been hoping this, this series that you'll understand that walking like Jesus is about the deepest thing that we could do right now. We wanna share things with Kingwood Church from now on that are the things of God that will help you connect to deep walk with Jesus. Uh, over the last uh, a couple, of, couple of three weeks, we've talked about uh, pray like Jesus prayed, make relationships like Jesus made. Last week, serve like Jesus served instead of being a consumer, to be a servant. It comes from this verse. Look at 1 John 2, 6. The one who says he resides in God ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. And that's what we're, what we're doing. Today, we're gonna be talking about a life surrendered just like Jesus did. A surrendered life just like Jesus did. Surrender? Jesus? I mean, I thought he was the victor. I thought he was the winner. Why would he surrender? Oh, but he did. Oh, but he did surrender. Maybe it doesn't make sense to us right now, but the truth is we need to start from the beginning. In the beginning, the Bible says, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in eternity, in the very beginning when he created the earth, a plan was made. And in that plan from the beginning, Jesus would come to this earth to take away the sins of the world. The Bible says Jesus emptied himself of his God nature, of his divinity. He emptied himself and came and to be born and live as a human. Philippians 2 says it. Your attitude should be the kind that was shown us by Jesus. See, we're gonna be like Jesus who though he was God, did not demand and cling to his rights as God, but laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave, becoming like men, he humbled himself even further, going so far as to actually die a criminal's death on a cross. He surrendered his divinity in heaven to come to earth. Even his birth in Bethlehem was surrender. Think about that, even his birth in Bethlehem. And then after he came, he lived a surrendered life on this earth. As a child, as a young man, he read the scriptures, studied the scriptures, sought God, wanted his will more than anything. Hey, it's why he went away and prayed so often. It's why he always got alone and prayed and he talked to the Father to find out what does the Father want? What is the Father's will? He was discovering that also as he went. Jesus wanted to know the Father's will 
for him coming to this earth. That's why he did the incredible teachings he did. That's why he did the miracles he did. It's because he spent time getting to know his father, knowing his father's will, and he did what his father said. Look at what John 5, what we read there. Jesus explained it. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. That is amazing. So that means every time a person was healed, he saw his father do it first. He just did what the father did. He saw, he understood, this is what the father wants. This is what the father wants. We ask, why did he do this, that, and the other? He did what his father said. He said that's all he did, what his father said. Jesus lived a surrendered life while he was on this earth. He did. But even for Jesus, it all came down to a make it or break it time for him. And it was Holy Week. It's true. The week we're celebrating was the make it or break it time for Jesus. In the days, in, in literally one day before he was arrested and went to the cross to die, one day, Jesus had the make it or break it moment in the Garden of Gethsemane. As he prayed, sweating drops of blood that coursed down his face in agony, he prayed and he prayed, wrestling with the will of God. Living a surrendered life is not easy. And he found out it wasn't easy that day. It goes against our human desires to satisfy ourselves, to live for ourselves. Surrendered life is not easy. Did you know that the word Gethsemane That word is an Aramaic word, the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means the place of pressing, the place of pressure. Let me tell you why. It It was an olive garden, and that's where they had an olive press that pressed not just the olives, but the pits of the olives to get the oil out of it. It was the place of pressing, and Jesus himself in the Garden of Gethsemane praying was in the most pressure-filled moment we could imagine. It was under that pressure that Jesus uttered these words, your will be done. They are probably the four most important words you could ever ever speak in prayer. Your will be done. That was his make it or break it moment. When Jesus died for our sins, it wasn't just on the cross. It was settled in the garden. When he came to that moment of surrender, total surrender. You see, Jesus had a battle. The same battle we have. We, we read about it in, in, in Romans 7. We read about it in Galatians 5. It's when the spirit is willing, but the flesh is not. And there's this battle that goes on inside of us, and we have to decide which one we're going to do. The battle is going on. What I want to do, what I don't want to do, what does God want me to do? The battle is happening. Is it my way or God's way? You know, that's, that's what we're asking. The question Stands every, every, every moment of our lives, that question, God, what are we going to do? It all boils down to this. We have a choice. My way or God's way? My plan or God's plan? My will or God's will? 
The interesting thing is the only way, now listen carefully, the only way that you can ever know God's way, God's plan, God's will is to surrender to it. To choose to surrender to it. See, surrendering is giving authority to someone besides ourselves. That's what surrendering is. I give over my authority to someone else. I give over my rights to someone else. That's what surrender is. I've got three things that I want to tell you about surrender today, and I, they, they may surprise you. They may surprise you, but I want you to listen very carefully. It won't take me very long. Number one, surrender exposes what's inside of you. Surrender exposes what's inside of you. I, I'm going to put a quote up here, and I want you, I want you to, to look at it. This is what I'm trying to bring everyone to today. God, I trust your plan more than mine. I trust your ways more than mine. I trust that you have an outcome for me that's better than the one I can come up with on my own. Now, let me ask you this. Do you really believe that? Look at it. Do you really believe that? If you truly believe that, you will surrender. If you do not believe it, you won't surrender. Surrender or lack of surrender exposes the condition of our heart. The condition of what? Where our faith is. Do you know faith and trust are the same word in the Greek Bible? It's just one word. Trust and faith are the same thing. If you surrender, you have faith in God. You trust him. If you don't surrender, there's something holding you back, and it's faith and trust in God. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this to try to be critical of anybody that's fighting that battle because everyone fights this battle. We all know what it's like to fight this battle, not just one time, but over and over and over. And don't think Jesus didn't fight it too, over and over and over. It's true. He had to make that choice. Do I really trust the Father's will over my will? That's why Jesus went to, the, went to pray so often. Look at what the scripture says in Luke 22. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Do you see the struggle there? He asked God to find another way. He asked the Father, Father, if there's any way, if there's any way other than this one, why? Because he knew what was ahead of him. He knew what a crucifixion was. He had seen it. He knew what agony it was, what the agony of death was, and his flesh was going, whoa, that's a lot. He knew that. He battled that. We see it there. This would not have been recorded if he hadn't battled it. In his humanity, he battled it. In his humanity, he battled it. He wrestled with it by sweating drops of blood. In humanity, in his humanity, he wanted to say, no. Can you imagine that? We go, oh no, he would have never had that thought. Oh, he had that thought. The thought's not the sin. He had the temptation. 
He did. It's a battle of wills. It's a battle of trust. But what we discover that day is what really Jesus had on the inside. (laughs) Because Jesus said, nevertheless, I like that, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. What was his will? To do it another way. But he asked the father, and the father said, this is the only way. And Jesus said, okay. That's amazing to me. Have you, have you thought about his humanity that way? Jesus struggled the same kind of struggle we struggle. He did it. He did it, and he did surrender. He surrendered. Honestly, a surrendered life is an intimate, honest, authentic life to where you can go to God and you can say, God, I don't want to do this, but what do you want me to do? God, I don't want to go to God and say, God, I love you with all my heart. I may go to God and say, God, sometimes I don't know why I don't love you with all my heart, but I want to. Come on, be honest with God. Be authentic with God. Jesus was. He didn't offend the Father when he said, is there any other way? No, because he had a surrendered life to where he said, whatever the Father says, that's what I'm going to do. Here's the second thing. This may surprise you. Surrender gives you an eternal focus. Let me read scripture to you. Hebrews 12. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus focused on what was ahead. Jesus said, it's going to be rough, but it's going to be worth it. That's what he said. He went past the temporary to what was eternal. Jesus endured the cross because he knew the incredible joy and victory that would happen for all of us for all of eternity if he did this. Jesus saw the future. See, when we surrender our our will to God, we are literally focusing on the eternal, not the present. We are literally saying, God, I'm, I'm for eternity, not for what I feel right now. Let's be honest. Surrender sometimes hurts. It it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes there's internal pain and anguish. Sometimes it involves hurt egos. Sometimes it involves humbling ourselves. Imagine that. But when we understand the eternal nature and victory that surrender will give, it makes it all taste a little bit better and easier to endure when we know we're doing it for eternity. 2 Corinthians 4, for our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that will outweigh them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So listen, a surrendered life helps you be focused on the right stuff. When you're focused on eternity, you make right choices instead of wrong ones. It actually helps you walk with God as a, when you surrender. Here's the third thing. This may surprise you. 
Surrender qualifies you for God's work. Hmm. Here's the big question. Am I willing to do his will? <laughs> Sometimes we sidestep God's will and substitute in his place. We're going to do good stuff for God. We're going, God, I've got these talents. And God, I want to bless you with them. I'm going to use my talents for you. That's no substitute for doing the will of God. Talents are great. God will want you to use them. But that's not a substitute for surrender. Uh, money. God, you've blessed me. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you 10%. And I know you're going to pat me on the back. God, you're going to be so happy with me. I appreciate And I'll keep doing that. I'll keep. You can count on the tithe check every month. You can count on it, God. I'm not going to do what else you say, but you can count on that tithe check. Money's important, and God does use it for his kingdom and to expand his kingdom, but it's no substitute. Even individual spiritual gifts. God, I know you've called me to do this, but you've given me the, I'm going to do this instead. Lord, I'm an intercessor. I'm going to pray. pray. I'm not going to do what you say, but I'm going to pray. The most important thing God needs from you is your willingness to do his will. Did you hear that? The most important thing God needs from you and me is the willingness to do his will. Here's what the prophet Isaiah said. Prophet Isaiah was, had seen a vision of God. I mean, it was incredible. He saw the Lord high and lifted up and his glory filled the temple and he couldn't even stand up. And he had this incredible experience in this vision with God. And he saw himself as a weak, sinful person. And, and the Lord reached down and, and, and with a hot coal from the altar, took his sin away. And then the Lord said, who will go for us and tell us and tell the world that I'm this kind of God that can take sins away? Who will go? Remember what the scripture says? Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Now, did he say it like this? I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. If you can't find anybody else, I'll do it. No, 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 no. Here am I, send me. In the, the Hebrew word for the send me, it's, it's called, it's, it's, uh, it's one, a superlative. It, 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 it means this. Whoa, me! Hey, 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 let me do it. Please, 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 let me do it. I'll do it, I'll do it, let me. That's a far cry from gun in the gut. Okay, God, I surrender. There is no gun. God never puts a gun in your gut and says surrender. He says, choose to surrender. And Isaiah said, please use me. Please use me. <clears throat> if, if God did a, a job description, if, if God was hiring, he would ask one question, are you willing to do what I want you to do? He wouldn't say, what you got to offer? He wouldn't say that. He would say, what are you willing to do? My will or yours? One question, that's the job, that's the uh, qualification. Our willingness supersedes our talents. That's what God wants. Your availability is more important to God than your ability. 
Your availability is more important to God than your ability. That means God can use people who don't feel like they're able, but he can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, I don't have the giftings. God, I don't have this. God, I don't have this. God says, I'll give you everything you need to do my will. Everything. The beauty of this is when you surrender, when I surrender and say, God, I want you to use my life. I want to surrender, do whatever you want me to do. I want to follow your will. Then what you've done is you've set yourself up to hear the seven most important words you will ever want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. That was six. I left the my. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Honestly, to hear those words, is that not, is that not what we want to hear? That focuses us on eternity. That means the important things come first. So the truth is, what will a life of surrender look like to live? Let's get practical for a minute. Well, it starts with you coming to Christ in faith for salvation first. If you're in the room today or you're online today and you've never really, never given your heart to Christ for him to come and forgive your sins, this is where it starts. Jesus today can wash all your sins away and you're forgiven and you're set free. He can make you a new person. You can be born again, as the Bible says, today. That's where surrender starts. We first surrender to salvation and then we learn to walk in surrender. Discipleship is literally learn, it's going to school with Jesus and, and walking like Jesus walked until we learn to surrender like Jesus surrendered. That's what it is. We grow deeper by learning how to, to surrender to him. Like what? Well, like surrendering our time. Boy, that's a big one. Surrendering our time, think about it. Surrendering our time. Maybe giving God more time than that little thing we carry around in our hand all the time to tell us everything to do. And when we're not doing anything, we go to it to be entertained. No wonder people don't know God. They know this too much. What about surrendering your priorities? Your priorities, that means putting God first. Yeah, but like putting God first. Like, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll serve God whenever it's convenient. <laughs> what about surrendering conveniences? It's not always convenient to do God's will. Sometimes he requires certain things of us. What about your possessions? Surrender your possessions? Maybe, maybe learning to, to surrender that, maybe learning to tithe is, a, is the next step for you so that you could conquer that and, and learn to surrender. When you do that, you'll conquer another step because you're in discipleship. You're growing. You're learning. You're learning how to walk like Jesus. How about this one? Surrendering your future. Woo. Surrendering your future. There was a, there's a story that I, I heard from, from a person who had been to Romania. Our, our missions team has been to Romania a couple of times. And, um, you know, 
there, there's, a, there's always an interpreter to interpret when somebody's preaching. And this American was over there preaching, and he was preaching about commitment to Christ. And the interpreter came to him and said, now, I, I want to tell you, we, we don't have a word in the Romanian language for commitment. We don't have a, a word for that. He goes, what word do you have? He goes, surrender. That's our word. He said, you see, commitment means you're still in charge of it. But surrender means you don't, you're not in charge of it anymore. So in, in our churches, we don't say commitment. We say surrender. <laughs> That's pretty cool. See, here's why. Sometimes we, we, we love to commit stuff to Jesus. We commit, you know, commit a missions commitment, or we can, we can commit to read our Bibles, and we can commit to come to prayer meeting, and we can commit to church attendance. We can commit all these things, but it's still in our control. True? Because we also commit to car payments and student loans, and we commit to diets that we don't keep our commitments to, and, and we, we commit to gym memberships and all these kind of things, but it's still under our control. But when we surrender, we put it under someone else's control. I love what the Romanian pastor said. Well, here, when you follow Jesus, you surrender to him. You don't just commit your life to Jesus. We struggle sometimes with even our smallest commitments here. But oh, what surrender will do. Surrender takes ownership away from us and gives it to him. In New York City, on Fifth Avenue, there's the RCA building. And there's a statue in front of the RCA building. I think they're going to put, there it is. That is Atlas holding the earth. Atlas was a Greek Titan in mythology, and he had the whole world on his shoulders. Look at his muscles. Man, he's, he's bearing the weight of that thing, isn't he? Carrying the world on his shoulders. I've seen that many times. Right across the street, right across Fifth Avenue, if you run right across the street without getting hit by a taxi cab, <laughs> there's St. Patrick's Cathedral. Inside St. Patrick's Cathedral is that statue. It's in like on the left side in a little corner. It's Jesus as a little boy holding the world in his hand. Okay, that's the difference. We have a choice. You can try to be Atlas and hold your whole world on your own shoulder and try to make everything make sense according to your will according to your strength, your muscles, you. Or you can trust the one who holds it all in his hand. You can bear your own world or you can let Jesus have your world. He can handle it. He can handle it. So, Here's the question, what do I surrender? Pastor Mark, what do I surrender? Everything. Is that all right? Everything. It's telling God that I'm not big enough to deal with my own world. I gotta trust you with it. Surrender is a daily thing and that's how we surrender. What we surrender, everything. How do we surrender? Daily. Really. We learn to surrender. 
we learn on a daily walk to surrender. Like what kind of things? Learning what? Well, how about, let's take worry. Surrender worry, how about that? Worry affects our spirit, our mind, and our body big time. Anxiety, does it affect your body? Yes. We gotta learn to renew our mind and to take those things and surrender those to God. I have this thing I've done for years and years and years, and I actually have a little uh, uh, callus right above my right eyebrow. And it's because whenever I have this thought that comes in my mind that brings that, brings that anxiety level, <gasps> rises, I do this. Yours, God. I do, I'll drive down the road and just do that. And, and I'm sure somebody goes, what in the world? He's got a spider web on him or something, you know? I'll be, I'll be walking somewhere and that, that thought will come and I'll just do that. I've, I've taught myself to do that. I've got a callus right here. It's weird. And the reason is because I've realized I can't handle that thought. And so it's just a way that I say, God, I give you that thought. And you know what? That's helped me deal with anxiety and worry. It helps me. In the middle of the night when those thoughts hit, I'm there, you know, going, you. You know what I've learned to do? This is just, this, maybe this will help somebody. Surrendering anxiety is a very hard thing to do because anxiety sort of overtakes you. That's what a panic attack is, is when it overtakes you. Instead of going to God, and we go to God sometimes, oh God, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? Oh God, I'm gonna die. What am I gonna do? Okay. We're saying God, 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 God. And we're telling God, we're giving our panic to God. We are panicking to God. No, I don't pray, and we're panicking. We're declaring panic to God. How about this? Instead of declaring panic to God, start declaring trust in God. God, I trust you with this. <laughs> God, I trust you. God, I trust you. This is yours. I put this in your hands. While you watch your, your anxiety levels start going down. We get so worked up, our prayers become panic attacks. God can handle whatever you give him. I, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that. He can handle whatever you give him. But when you learn to walk with God, you learn to declare your trust, not your panic. Declare your trust before the Lord. How about learning to surrender money? I'm just gonna tell you, generosity, Pastor Jay talked about it last week. Incredible message on serving, not being a consumer. If you didn't hear last week's, go back and listen to it. Incredible, life-changing. Generosity will change you. Tithing will change you. It's true. Set you free. How about surrendering your time? Take, take practice at surrendering your time. Your time. I'm not gonna let my busyness, my job, sports, recreation, my schedule stop me from walking with Jesus. I'm not even gonna let my walk get paused by that stuff. I'm just gonna walk with him in it all. And whatever has to go to the wayside just has to go to the wayside. What about surrendering relationships? Wow. None of us in the room have what it takes to be everything everybody wants you to be. True? You can't, you can't, 
You can't be everything your spouse wants you to be. You can't be everything your children want you to be, for sure. You can't be everything your boss wants you to be or your friends want you to be. But Jesus can be everything you need him to be. And when you just take people in your life, whether they cause trouble or whether they are ones that you just love so much you want to give everything, you just give them to God. Best thing you can do is take your relationships and just lay, leave them in God's hand. God, I can't change their heart. You can't fix people. I can't fix people. But I can put them in God's hands. I can give them to God. How about learning to surrender your relationships to Him? And how about this one? Your future. The future. Boy, watching the news right now just mess you up. Everything they say that's coming around the corner is absolutely scared me to death. What might happen? Trying to control the future is like trying to control the wind. There is no way to control the future. No way to control it. I just have to know who holds tomorrow in his hand. Amen. Not long ago, I was talking with a, a, a gentleman. He was a, he had been most of his life a workaholic. He, he, was, he loved his family and he wanted so much to provide for them. He was just absolutely freaked out about not having enough money to have for retirement and to take care of his kids maybe if something ever happened and, and, uh, and he wanted to leave something to his kids. And he loved his family so much, but he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and, 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 and it would be time to go on a family vacation. He said, no, we can't go on a vacation. We've got to save money so we won't get caught. So if the economy falls, we won't get caught. We've got to put some stuff back. He, his family would go somewhere and they would all have to, they, they couldn't even stop at the Dairy Queen because it was just, that's wasting something. We, we can't do that. We, we're, making, we're working for the future. And he told me, he said, I've lost my children. They don't, they don't want anything to do with me. And the reason is because I had no relationship with them. I was working so hard for them. But I didn't get to know my kids. And now I've got all kind of money and stuff and I have no one to share it with. You can't control the future by having enough money in the bank. I'm just telling you, you can't do it. You can't control the future by waiting for the rainy day in case the rainy day comes. You gotta serve God every day and do what he says every day and stop at the Dairy Queen every once in a while with your children. Trying to control the future robs us from the joy of today. Every day is a gift, and God will give you everything you need every day. Give us this day our daily bread. He did not say, fill my retirement account. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, so here's where we are. I'm, gonna, I'm calling you today for one thing. Those of you online that are listening, I'm, I'm making a call today from the Holy Spirit for one thing, total surrender. Total surrender. I don't even know what that means. I don't either. Total means stuff we don't even know about yet. But to take myself to a place where I say, God, I'm willing to give it all as you give it to me to show me. As you reveal it to me, it's yours. As you reveal it, it's yours. I, I picture myself as a house, okay? I picture myself as a house. Picture yourself as a house. 
a big house, small house, whatever, and you've got doors and windows and closets and rooms and drawers, unlock them all and give every one of them to him. Don't hide a little place in your spiritual garage for something you don't want God to touch. Don't have any drawer locked that he can't get in. Just unlock them all and say, God, the whole house is yours. I give it all, I give it all. You can walk in any room, you can go through any drawer. And I'll, whatever you say I'll do because I don't wanna live for myself anymore. I surrender, not because there's a gun in my back. Because I know that your will is better than mine. Your plan is better than mine. And where you're taking me is a place I could never go on my own. I surrender. I surrender. Would you bow your head just for a moment with me? To all the Christians that are in the room or listening online, if you're a believer, now is the time for you to take another step and give up your walk and say, I'm not going to walk for myself anymore. I'm going to walk like Jesus. Today's the day for you to say, God, go through my house and show me what's locked up and I'll unlock it. And if you've never asked Christ into your heart and you're listening to me, today's your day to surrender your soul and your spirit to the one who can save you and forgive you and wash your sins away. It'll put you on the most incredible journey you can ever imagine. You have the opportunity today to surrender. Today can be your day. Our, our worship team is here. I, I want, as, as they begin to sing this song, I want you to think about this. I, I, I've been thinking a lot about Christians under persecution in different parts of the earth. And I, I think about what it takes for somebody to be in a place where they are willing to give their life for Christ. And I, I, every time I study this or I watch a film about it or I read a book about a, pers a person who went through persecution, I say, God, I don't know that I could do that. I don't know. And God says, if you will learn to surrender to me in the little things now, if I ever call on you to give up your life, you'll do it. But if you don't learn now, you won't have what it takes then. And that gives me some, something on the inside to realize God is already working me with me to prepare me to give it all. Because the truth is, you won't have any problem giving up your life for Christ if you've already given it all up. If it already belongs to him, it belongs to him. That's called total surrender. And we've never been tested like that in our country, and I pray we never are. But if we are, will we be ready? Worship team is going to come now, and they're going to sing.